At Battery Bill, we power everything by battery. It's not if an emergency happens, but when. Are you ready? Be prepared for this hurricane season. Having backup power ready for these necessities, home, refrigerator, and phone are essential for peace of mind to have uninterrupted power during an emergency. Do you need an affordable, reliable backup power solution? We have it. Goal Zero, Jackery, and EcoFlow. Reliable, innovative, and affordable. Power when you need it. Battery Bill, Mapuna Puna, Nimitz, and Hilo. Battery Bill. How's it going, everybody? We welcome you to episode 111 of Hawaii Football Now. That's right, episode 111. Jordan Henley, Hunter Hughes, back with you. Our guy, Jaron, uh, producing this episode for us. Uh, does all kinds of work for ESPN. Honolulu. Big thanks to Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill as well for sponsoring this episode as we record this on Wednesday, October 11th, uh, about 15 minutes before 11 for episode 111 here on HFN set to release this as usual on Thursday, our Thursday midday release, uh, as it'll drop for you on the 12th of October, getting set for San Diego State coming off the bye week about the halfway point of the Hawaii season, six games down seven to go all remaining games, Mountain West contests going forward, and they've got the Aztecs coming up this Saturday national TV game. By the way, a little earlier kick at 5 p.m. All right, as we go, time for our opening drive here. And um, some news that actually came across a little after we wrapped up recording last week, so we didn't get a chance um, to spend the necessary time on it. And um, we wanted to uh, send our aloha, our our best wishes to the family, to the ohana of Bob Wagner, former University of Hawaii head coach, one of the, I think, true pillars of the program. Right. When when you think about it uh, in terms of at least the modern era, right, uh, 70s on conference affiliation on um, it's Dick Tomey, it's June Jones and it's Bob Wagner. Like those are those are the three, if you will, the triumvirate of, of legendary head coaches of this football program that had the longevity, that had the success, arguably the greatest season in program history, arguably. Uh, but that 1992 campaign, right, 11 to program's first WAC championship, a win over Illinois on the continent uh, in the prestigious Holiday Bowl in San Diego at the time. Remember, there weren't a whole lot of bowl games back then. Uh, Bob Wagner took them through their first ever two bowl games in program history, basically, of the modern era. Again, right, you go back, you find some of those pineapple bowls and things like that back in the 30s and 40s. But he he was he was the guy that took the program and kept it running after Dick Tomey, right, departed for Arizona. and all that Coach Tomey did, and, and we lost him a, a couple of years ago. And now uh, Coach Wagner passed away over on the Big Island where he had sort of made his home, right, was the the first ever athletics director of Kamehameha Schools, Big Island, uh, and remained there for, for about a decade, really elevated that program, got them started. He was a terrific administrator, uh, Midwest guy who kind of found the home in the islands and just embraced it, and it was a match made in heaven. Um, went 58-49-3 and three in his nine years as the head coach, um, remember 19 or so, right? Total years uh, uh, as part of the program. Uh, again, that's the third most wins in program history behind Dick Tomey and June Jones. Uh, Coach Tomey had 63. Coach Jones had 76 in that modern era uh, of UH football. He's the two-time WAC coach of the year. Um, and 
you know, I think you saw it, right? Um, I don't I don't think this is breaking news for most of our listeners, the diehards, uh, the fans of the UH football program, but um, you've seen it in the outpouring of love from his former players, um, guys he worked with, uh, just a true gentleman, a uh, bit of an unceremonious exit uh, from his time at the University of Hawaii, but we'll choose to reflect on the the wonderful times. Uh, and and he was he really had that program, right? The bit of the innovative spread option offense, right? Those double slots and what they were running. Man, those were some fun teams. They beat BYU. Like there, there's so many things uh, when you think of Bob Wagner that I think immediately come to mind. It's just some of the the happiest moments in UH football history. But uh, a huge loss, obviously, for the for the community and uh, for the football program, Hunter. Yeah, no, I, without a doubt, the floor that we are standing on as a program, uh, you can't speak about that foundation without mentioning coach wags and what that program um kind of established pioneered whatever word you want to you want to call it I, I think you said it beautifully jordan the the modern era was uh was built on uh, the backs of those teens and uh and that coaching staff and uh, i know we're, we're going to get a chance to speak with uh one of his former players uh, later in this episode, uh, John Benary, uh, who I'm sure uh, can speak a little bit more on uh, the experiences and um, what it was like playing for a coach of that caliber. And, um, you know, historically, Jordan, uh, we haven't had a whole lot of coaches from the mainland come here and be successful. But uh, I think Coach Wags is the exception to that rule. And being a Midwestern guy myself and needing to kind of put on my listener and um, and student uh, hat, if you will, in learning everything that it takes to live here, um, succeed here, play here, uh, be a coach here. I think Coach Wags um, really did that well. And uh, it's um, certainly something that we we look back and are thankful for, but um, can kind of hang our hat on and hey it, it was done before maybe we could do this again so um, I I think he's invaluable to the history of University of Hawaii football and uh, yeah so, someone that we should should certainly think about honoring uh, in the uh, the years to come as a program yeah they'll uh, I, I'm sure we'll um, we'll see something that at Saturday's game uh, you saw a bit of that during the Wahine volleyball matches this weekend, uh, this past weekend at home. Uh, and yeah, uh, excited to talk to John. Um, figured it was a good time to check in with our guy, the 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 play-by-play voice on ESPN Honolulu for Rainbow Warrior football. Um, as it was the midway point, it was the bye week. And then, of course, you know, things timing up uh, with the passing of Coach Wagner. And, and obviously, John, big part of that Wagner era. And a big part of that 1992 team, right? And so it uh, seemed only fitting that uh, we'd get our buddy John Veneri on the line. And we'll we'll have his interview in the second half here today of the show. And actually, we've got uh, quite a quite a jam-packed show. We've got uh, a couple of interviews. We, we haven't had a guest on in a while. Uh, so we figured, uh, why not get two on in the same episode, right? Uh, we're scheduled to talk to uh, University of Hawaii defensive lineman Andrew Choi uh, here in the uh, first part of the show once we get into our game time segment here on the first half of episode 111. Excited to talk to him. 
for a defense that is healing up a little bit, a defense that uh, is going to look to bounce back after the UNLV game. They face another team that loves to run the football in San Diego State coming up this weekend. Before we get to that interview, though, uh, Hunter wanted to kind of check in with you. I know you've been down at practice a little bit this week as they get kind of back into the grand scheme of things, into the, you know, the regular game week schedule, if you will. <clears throat> and uh, just wanted to see if, uh, you know, maybe anything caught your eye down there. By week, always a great chance to kind of self-scout, right? In a lot of ways, you're going to kind of look at things that, that you're doing well, things that you aren't doing well. Uh, it's a nice little break in the schedule where you're not necessarily having to prep for an opponent and, and can really kind of work on yourself a little bit. Uh, and then obviously this week, they're going to turn a lot of that attention to San Diego State and the Aztecs. But uh, just just kind of curious if if you've seen anything or, um, you know, uh, obviously health is going to be a big question mark as well. They were a little banged up after that UNLV game, not giving away any of the uh, the trade secrets or the uh, the uh, the injury report or anything like that. But uh, we've we've seen a lot of guys have to step up uh, and get some some playing time here uh, over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think uh, the bye week served for uh, a necessary deep breath for guys uh, in a few different categories. Uh, certainly, just physically uh, getting healthy. And I, I think on both sides of the football, we're going to see guys um, that have been a little banged up in weeks past uh, and um, kind of getting back into true form with some of our starters. Um very optimistic uh, with a few of those guys. And I know that we'll be excited to see them on Saturday. Um, the other thing that it served as is kind of a a nice little break mentally for, for the guys. Usually mm -hmm. when, when you're on a team that quote unquote is, is struggling a little bit, it, it helps to think about some things besides football um, to, to get your minds on, on some other things and remember that, Hey, uh, Football is not everything. Let's uh, let's keep our our heads uh, attached to our bodies. Let's uh, let's go get in the ocean a little bit. Let's uh, let, let let's keep it all in perspective because uh, uh, mentally healthy players will always result in a better product on the field. So I think that was certainly uh, a focus of this group. Um, last couple of days at practice, it felt like energy was was up. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, the, uh, the week leading up to New Mexico state and even the UNLV game felt like we were dragging after, uh, a punishing loss to Oregon. And also, uh, you know, the, the weeks before the UAlbany game, the Stanford and Vandy losses, it was, uh, it's always a tough way to start the year in some challenging non-conference opponents. And now that we have one conference opponent under our belt, it's, a true kind of marker of the second half of the season, if you will, Jordan. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, this is going to be a, a great opportunity, fresh start bit a bit as well for the University of Hawaii. Um, before we move on, we want to remind you that Hawaii Football Now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators, Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. All right, uh, time for our game time. We've got University of Hawaii defensive lineman Andrew Choi on the other side of this short pause. Uh, looking forward to talking to the Kaiser grad. 
This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right. Hey, Andrew, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. We know you guys are uh, resting up, getting back at it, coming off of the bye. Uh, how are you feeling right now? Uh, got the week, uh, you know, the bye week and kind of heal up a little bit. But but overall, how are you feeling at this point in the season? I feel I feel pretty good. Um, I feel like we had the bye week at a perfect time right in the middle of the season. So I was able to rest up and uh, and rest up and get get my body back to normal. Yeah, what was uh, what was kind of the focus for you guys here during the bye week um, in terms of, you know, from a team standpoint or maybe from your from your defensive side standpoint of, uh, you know, what what have what has been kind of the the main message for you guys as you guys look to rebound after the UNLV loss and, and head into the second half of the season? Um, the main message was pretty much going back to our fundamentals. You know, the little things are making sure all the little details are perfect or tackling <clears throat> big emphasis on tackling this past week into a week or two, just uh, really working on that, our footwork, making our eyes and everything else is good. Love it. Um, yeah, Andrew, uh, just re real quick. Um, since the injury to Logan Taylor a couple weeks ago, how has that um, kind of affected you guys' um, – I'll start with communication, and then the second part of that is keeping the juice – um, on the defensive side of the football, because he, he's been that guy for not, not just you guys, but uh, pretty much the whole team. Um, it's, it's an evident loss. Just curious how that's been for you guys with 16, not being on the field. I mean, it's definitely a difference. Um, you know, he was that vocal leader. He was always out there bringing that energy, but since he's been gone, a lot of guys have stepped up. Um, Isaiah Tufonga filled in that role as captain. Um, a lot of the younger guys are stepping up, playing their, Doing their thing, um, like our coaches say, you never know when your numbers get called. So, I'm proud of the younger guys stepping up. I know, like, there's Joan on the uh, field, uh, JT, Kual, all the other boys. They're all they're all they're all leaders in their own way. Um, and I feel like we do a good job of uh, just communicating and getting our job done. Have you guys felt like um, across the board uh, that the discipline is kind of elevating too? That's been kind of a question. Um, with just some of the, the personal foul penalties and stuff in the, the beginning of the season, do you guys feel like through this bye week, some of that stuff has gotten tightened up? Yeah, I think so. We've, Like I said, we've de definitely been working on the little details, um, perfecting it, making sure like just um, and like not even just beginning of the not this bye week, but the previous games, I feel like we've done a little better job, especially on defense, uh, focusing on like not getting those fouls. Um, I was guilty to add a rough in the past a couple weeks ago. You know, it's just about being smarter. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, we get it, man. And and so for, for this group, you know, it's been a little bit of an up and down season. We, we've seen, uh, you know, a couple of those tough games early on, and then you guys bouncing back against Albany, bouncing back against New Mexico State. Um you know, is it is it you've talked about kind of focusing on the little things and, and, and cleaning up some of those details. But how do you how, how do you feel you guys are or how far do you feel you guys are away from kind of getting that down and, and finding a little more consistency, stringing some wins together? We're, we're so close, in my opinion. Um, Like I said, it's the details like like the personal fouls, the, the missed tackles. It's just the little things like overall as a defense and as a team, I feel like we have everything we need. It's just about stringing it together. And, and playing a complete game on Saturdays. Yeah, and, and you've you've kind of seen it all, right? Um, 
You've been there for a bit now. What is it, year six? Year six. I'm old. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, ride that thing as long as you can. Uh, would would be. I, I'm sure Hunter uh, would agree there. How would you kind of summarize your journey up to this point, right? Um, getting a chance to to sort of follow your your, your brother from from Kaiser to to UH and and building your way right from a red shirt now playing uh significant snaps and being a, a big time contributor for this program as one of the veterans on this group but how would you kind of describe your journey uh that has uh taken you uh you know half dozen seasons with the program earning a scholarly too that's it right was, <laughs> it's my my six years at UH have been crazy you know I we, I've been on the team with I was 10 and 5 last year we went 3 and 10 three head coaches multiple DCs um I went from playing every special team to not even playing another year like it was it was just a roller coaster like the highs and the, like the highs and lows are were crazy for me um but I'm honestly I'm, I'm super glad I stuck it out for these years because the memories I've made the people I've met um it's it's unforgettable oh very rarely do we get to talk to a player who has as much experience as you, bro, um, through the program, but then also from a um, a local perspective. And I, I kind of wanted to shift to um, playing the hypothetical game with you real quick. You know, it's a totally different era from when you started to where we're at right now. We've got name, image, and likeness. We've got transfer portal it's a completely different atmosphere than whenever you came in. And when we look ahead to keeping local guys here, you're one of those guys keeping local players here from an NIL perspective, what do you see that has worked for maybe former teammates or what would you see from, you know, university of Hawaii could learn or get better at to keep some of that local talent here? I think it's just about, like it's just it's just about keeping local talent here. Like like I think local brands and stuff should help definitely persuade that. Um I mean NIOs I feel like aren't as big as in Hawaii compared to like other schools in other states. But I feel like there's definitely stuff out there that could help like keep talent here. From a uh, a player's perspective, I'm curious about this too, because you played in the Law Stadium and now we're at TC Ching Athletic Complex. Now there's pros and cons to both. Um, what would you say is, uh, your preference? Uh, you know, when we look ahead to five years down the road, when hopefully Aloha stadium is complete or continuing to upgrade the facility on campus. Cause I mean, I've always felt like keeping the party on campus is where we need to keep it. I, I definitely think we should keep it on campus. I, I love it. I think it's easier for the players. I think they would agree to, um, the locker rooms right there, the training rooms right there. We feel at home. We feel more comfortable. Although the stadium was nice too, but you know, it, was, it was a bit of a drive um, farther. Not as much stuff here as uh, we would have at the school. I mean, definitely we had a bigger crowd there, but the TC Ching, I think, is um is is definitely good enough. Like it's compact, so it's it's nice and loud. Um, like a lot more family and friends can come out. The students can come out. I think it's a great vibe. I, I definitely think we should build upon that. My idea was that we, you know, we. We demoed the, the stadium at TC Ching, give that to track and, track and soccer. And then we just build a small stadium on the, the grass fields. We just level it out. That's what I said. I've and always I, felt like, that yeah. way. Bro. There's so much space, like, backed up in the uh, the kind yeah. of quarry underneath Freer. Like, 
We could yeah. build something awesome over there, but uh, they weren't listening to us, bro. They weren't listening. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna listen to anybody, you gotta listen to the dude who's been there since 2018, man. He's he's seen it all. Yeah, he's seen it all. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. Yeah, Hunter Hunter's got to be like a big roller coaster tycoon guy or something because he's yeah. always dreaming up I, these things and 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 building things always, in his head. How does what is John John though? <laughs> I got I got JT over here next to me. There we go. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Louis Tupou. That's we, right. We got yeah. him in the we got him in the dark room over there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, you you mentioned it right. You've you've been through three three errors, if you will, three different head coaches. Not necessarily yeah. asking you to compare things to previous head coaches or anything like that. But what is what is Coach Chang kind of brought to the program from from your perspective? What is what has he done to to kind of put some energy into it and that you think is going to be pretty helpful in terms of building this thing back up. Coach, Coach Chang's young. He knows what he wants to do. He, he puts it in his, in his mind and he, he sets out to do it. Um, He definitely like the way I compare him was like, he was like Rolo, but um, with a little more like not determination, but a little more discipline, I'd say maybe behind it. Like, like they know how to have fun, but when they know business is business, he knows what to do, what needs to be done. Like I said, like all this entire off season, he knew what we had to what we had to do. Even season now, like all the little things that that we've been doing is just adding up. For from your perspective, you know, for this group and and from a defensive standpoint, um, you know, with with Coach Yoro and and building this thing up uh what have you liked about how your guys have kind of uh, built fit into that identity if you will of, Co of coach yoro and what you guys are trying to do on the defensive side of the ball uh coach Yoro's, coach Yoro's, uh identity is to is to bring back like old hawaii defense fast physical and that's the thing i love about it um you know i get to just go out there do my thing play play hard play fast um, get to you know dip my head a little um and I know all other uh, all the other defensive boys are right behind it. Got to bring back that uh, scary defense that we once had. You know, when we talk about what makes a season successful, you, you talk to 10 different guys, you might get 10 different answers. Um, just curious from what you guys are communicating inside the locker room within the confines of the team, what would be seen as this year being successful or you guys kind of rerouting it um to be a successful what 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 are some goals that you guys are headed towards right now goals wise sorry one second let's... you're good sorry i got a 40 in your joining the room <laughs> uh, it's a party goals wise is just Biggest goal right now is getting to the bowl game. Hawaii Bowl. You know, I've been there plenty of times, but I never thought I'd say I'd miss it, but I do miss the Hawaii Bowl. Um, but overall, like, I think it's just playing complete football games on Saturday. Just all the hard work we've put up, we've done uh, throughout the offseason, just bringing it together. Yeah, I think that's the biggest goal. Um, and also for the seniors, all my other seniors out there, making sure, you know, we can go out with a bang. Love it. We're hoping for that for you guys, too. And speaking of which, we got to see who else is in this room, bro. At least, like, have them wave or something. No, they're, they're fake sleeping right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. 
All good. Well, man, we we appreciate you giving a little bit of time uh, to us, bro. And um, we'll we'll shift just to you personally, uh, as this is your your senior season. Well, what's what's a goal for you to kind of cap this cap this uh, this career off uh, before you get your doctorate, of course, at University of Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, um, definitely not that. That's definitely not one of my goals. School school's not really my thing. Um, I did graduate though. Uh, happy I graduated, but um, my biggest goal is to just leave this place, um, leaving my name behind as someone that's been remembered as like a great football player, great teammate, great uh, leader, great person. Um, I definitely do want to leave a mark here. So I told myself since the first day I walked in here as a walk-on, I want to be someone that's uh, remembered. Yeah, that that's awesome, man. And I, I think you've definitely left your mark um on the program you know and and your family in particular uh which is which is really really cool um what's uh before we let you go um what, what's kind of your plans after after football's pal what or you know what's what's the plans after uh your time at uh is done i mean i haven't really thought about it that far um i will just see where god takes me <laughs> that's all i gotta say Hey man, that's all good. That's all good. You got some time. You got some time to figure yeah. out. You guys, you know, you get seven more games to worry about. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, then... I'll say this too, bro. Zeno was my teammate. You have gone beyond Zeno's brother. You are Andrew Choi. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, bro. It's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, Andrew, we really appreciate it, man. Best of luck the rest of the way. Stay healthy out there. Um, and uh, when the other guys wake up, man, tell them we said what's up. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. God bless. bless Take you, care, bro. man. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. Three, two, one. All right, big mahalo to Andrew for joining us. Always fun to catch up with him. Um, that family, man, just an incredible story. And how they have two brothers, right, that have made it uh, not just to Division One football, but but playing and excelling uh, for the University of Hawaii football program. Quick halftime break. And on the other side, we're going to talk to our guy, John Veneri, play-by-play voice for the University of Hawaii former Rainbow himself. Uh, again, we got John Veneri coming up on the other side. All right, here's that guy, John Veneri, radio play-by-play voice for University of Hawaii football uh, and uh, partner, crewmate, broadcast teammate what he, at, at, with Hunter. Hunter works with him on Saturdays uh, as the sideline guy. Uh, and John and Mark has be covered upstairs. And of course, they're back at it this weekend because we'll be coming off the bye. 5 p.m. at Ching, a little earlier start time because it's yep. on national television. But uh, you don't need to worry about that. Just know that oh, ESPN Honolulu yeah. Radio has got you covered um, all afternoon with the lead up. And then uh, John, Mark, and Hunter taking away once uh, once we get to game time. First of all, how are you doing, my man? It's, ni- it's nice to see you. I'm doing good. Uh, I do got to worry about it. I got to make sure that my brother's there on time. Okay, well, you know, that's uh that's, Hunter's that's... laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh I'm I'm gonna hit the mute button. Yeah, this time. is great. Uh, this is great. Well, you know, that's what big brothers course, are for. And then of course people walk behind us while we're taping. Hey, that's fine. Bobby. It's cool. It's cool. We no, talked to no, we no, talked no, to no, Andrew no. Choi a little bit earlier, and he literally was in a room with like three other D linemen who none of them yeah. wanted to talk to us on on the camera. So it's cool. Oh, see that this is this this is my boss. So I kind of have to let him walk through here because he's actually doing sure. stuff for me. I'll just stand for, here. There you go. That's Bobby. That's Bobby, everybody. There you go. That's Bobby. 
So he's yeah. Hey, Bobby's welcome on anytime. Yeah, Bobby's welcome on anytime. There you go. There you go. Hey, John, we we really appreciate it. First of all, and, and of course, uh, we had kind of planned to reach out to you at the midway point of the season. Uh, okay. To kind of get your assessment, see how things are going. Uh, but then, of course, last week, uh, af- actually after we had finished recording our week's episode, uh, the news of Coach Wagner passing away. And uh, I know he was very special to you. And obviously, you know, one of the greatest seasons in Hawaii history came during his tenure. And and um, you were a huge part of that. But uh, we wanted to get your your thoughts, you know, on on Coach Wags and and get a chance to to talk to you before we kind of dive into this season a little bit. But, uh, you know, what was, uh, what was your reaction and uh, what did the man mean to you? Uh, boy. Well, the reaction obviously is utter sadness and, uh, and, and to, to some degree, some shock. I, although I have spoken to him a lot recently, I had spoken to him a few weeks prior to his, uh, his passing. Um, and while the family has kept his health related issues private, um, I did know of some of them. I was not expecting it to lead in that direction. So clearly I was a little bit in, in the dark there too. Um, and so that's what brought up the, you know, it made it a little more shocking for everybody, <clears throat> regardless of how much I've talked to him. But I am glad that I spoke to him. It was just a couple of weeks prior to his passing, but I'm glad that I got to talk to him because I expressed how much he meant to me. And honestly, uh, my story is one of many. Uh, there There are many guys that played during his tenure that would say the same thing. And in fact, I have a, a phone load of stuff from guys. Jason Elam's uh, texted me some video. You know, I've got Victor Santa Cruz, who is the only guy in his entire family that actually graduated college. And, and UH was the only place that gave him a scholarship. That goes true for Jason Elam too, who all we all know is going to end up in the Hall of Fame in the NFL. And so my story is much like theirs. Um, I was going to go away to college, uh, to a small college, and instead I, I I stayed home because they recruited me, and it ended up being, you know, the rest is history, really. Uh, I really owe everything that I do now to him because it was because of him and all the, you know, it, you know, one thing, it's a domino effect, right? You know, you, you play well in a game, you get the start, earn a scholarship, score touchdowns, do interviews imitate the coach you know I used to imitate him all the time everybody knows that um and I think that's kind of what led eventually to a path on being on tv Jim Leahy was the one who said you need to be on tv in my sophomore year and so I'm doing all of this pretty much because Bob Wagner said come play football at the, UA, at the University of Hawaii yeah it's 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 amazing how some of those things Lead to another, right? A little, a little yeah. butterfly effect, if you will. What, what was it about uh, Coach Wagner that um, allowed him to to have his success and and relate to you guys, the players, in the way that he did? That is that is so everlasting. One, he had a lot of good coaches around him. Um, every every leader has good generals, uh, and he delegated. He had Paul Johnson. He had Rich Ellerson, he had Kenny Niumatalolo, he had Jeff Munkin. Uh, those latter two were, were both graduate assistants when I played, now have gone on to uh, be NFL coaches. Mike Seawalk, Buzzy Preston. I mean, the list goes on. All of like, you know, more than half of those guys were head coaches in, in another major college. So he had good coaches around him. That led to good recruiting and the picking up of, they knew, they, they didn't try to hide what they did. We ran the we ran the option. 
when we ran the ball, it was an option. When we threw the ball, it was the run and shoot. It was Paul Johnson's uh, creation. Um, and he was able to, he was so smart in it that he was able to change things on the fly during a game to make it work against defenses uh, that were playing against us. And so it was just good coaching. You know, you had good coaches and then they knew how to recruit the type of players they needed. We didn't have the biggest guys. We didn't have the fastest guys, but we had the guys that ran our offense and ran our defense to perfection. And that's what it was in 1992, which was the culmination of a lot of hard work and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears from both the coaching staff and the players that stayed back during the summer. Um, and, and we put it all together that year. I think the biggest disappointment was the following year when a lot of guys returned and we went six and six um, and no bowl game. But it was those, it was those years that you built bonds with players. I mean, you talk about the brotherhood now. That was the OG brotherhood. And we are still, you know, I, I have text messages. We're in group two different groups of mass texts with 20 players because that's all your phones allow is 20 people on a text. And we're constantly telling jokes. We're constantly saying if it weren't for WAGs or if it weren't for Hawaii, a lot of these guys would have, who knows where some of them would be. Um, and so it allowed a lot of guys an opportunity to continue their life, to play football. Some of them went on. I mean, I mentioned Jason Elam, Tom Voss, a, a bunch of guys played in the NFL um, and had really good careers. And so, um, but more than just football, and I know that everybody says this, more than football, we were taught how to be men. We were taught how to grow up to be men. Um, obviously, the preference is to be a, a good contribution to your society and your community, wherever you are. Um, and of course, you know, it was a melting pot, just like Hawaii is. We had guys from all over the place, including Australia. Um, and so it was to be, uh, to grow up and be men. And I think our coaching staff did a good job uh, for the most part of leading us in the right direct direction, both on the field and off the field. You know, coach, we, we, uh, or John, I'm, I think we find ourselves in somewhat of a similar situation um, right now to kind of what you were describing right there, uh, specifically with this offense where we are trying to transition from one uh, regime or one sch scheme into the run and shoot. And um, maybe that's, you know, a good transition to talking into this year now is what's been your observation um, with this offense and maybe even kind of glue it to your experience as a player where there was a hybrid option with the veer and the uh, the option. And then when we pass the ball, there's run and shoot concepts. I mean, it has been done in the past and maybe we're trying to do something similar. I think the biggest difference is um, just really setting down a foundation of what you do. And because it's changed so much with some of the very same players, that there's some confusion. And I'll, here's the other big difference. Back when we ran the option, and you know we did have a lot of passing trees that were run and shoot concepts, and you know that was mainly because of Ron Lee and Cal Lee from St. Louis. So a lot of those things were adopted, and and I'm sure that they've conversed and got together and said, hey, what works? And so we ran a lot of stuff that worked, and some of it was run and shoot stuff. Um, it's it's like a it's like a, a jujitsu uh, practitioner, right? His throws are judo. You know, there's no there's no jujitsu throws. Those are all locks and holds, but it's judo throws. Same similar situation. 
the the spread uh, option attack that we ran through the 90s or uh, late 80s early 90s had run and shoot concepts the difference is there was nothing to compare it to now you compare this offense to what june jones did what rollo was trying to do what craig stutzman was trying to instill and so you have a baseline and that baseline was set really high by june jones so you're here with timmy chang he's he's on his way up there's there's drastic differences from last year to this year and and a lot of them are positive some of them are negative you're going to have that in a learning experience and so I think that's the biggest thing is you're you're trying to you're trying not to compare it, but it's hard not to compare it to the Colt Brennans, to the Bryant Moniz's, to the Cole McDonald. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Is there was a baseline set, it was a high standard, and now you're comparing it to that. This is a team that's very much learning. They're nowhere near offensively where those teams were, where Timmy Chang was as a quarterback, where Colt Brennan was as a quarterback. They're just not there. And and that's not to say they can't get there. It's just been a slow process. And so they're they're learning. They're you know, they're trying to they're trying to learn and win at the same time, and it's difficult. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a great point, right? Uh, learning on the fly is uh is never the easiest way to kind of go about it, right? When you when you're out there facing live reps every weekend. Um on the other side of the football, Plus, defense. everybody else has adopted something like it too. Other teams are playing an RPO and some of them are doing mm-hmm. really well. So, you know, back then it was June Jones, June Jones, Mouse Davis. They're running the run and shoot. That's it. Back then it was Paul Johnson and the and UH running that style of option. Yes, there was a different style at, at Air Force and, and even at Navy, but it wasn't the same, you know, and that has adopted, that, that's changed uh, with Georgia Southern and then Georgia Tech and all of that. It started to kind of melt together. The pistol from, uh, you know, the pistol offense from Reno there's so many different styles and then everybody's got it's got some kind of rpo now it's who's doing it the best and and we're not doing it the best it's just how it is yeah i I, i'm with you you know everybody is so everything has melded in so many ways offensively defensively for this group um it's been i think better at times than we saw last year it's been a little bit of a mixed bag um, you know, the second half against New Mexico State uh, looked like a renewed team. And then the UNLV loss, it kind of looked a little bit like last year. What, what have you sort of made of the of the progression on that side of the football as they look to continue improving? Well, both sides of the football have been banged up, uh, no doubt about it. And the defense has definitely been banged up. And so part of this, I think, this is I'm not, I don't know. I'm not at practice every day. And so I don't know. And I do have conversations with each of the individual coaches but here's what I think. <clears throat> you're trying to keep a, you're trying to get a team healthy and you're trying to keep the ones that are healthy healthy. Therefore, you lighten up on some of the things that you do that require uh, collisions, that require aggressiveness. And a lot of that is practiced. It's muscle memory. It's it's not diving, it's putting a shoulder into it. If you're diving, you're you're only going after with an arm. Most guys are gonna run through that. You need to be able to run into a hit, not dive after it, after a tackle. And so a lot of those things get lost when you're trying to get guys healthy or keep them healthy by not doing it in practice. Yes, you take a chance on guys getting hurt in practice, but it's but it's the practice that you need to be able to take that and into a game. That's why they say game speed is so important um, and game reps are so important. Um is there is there an answer to the solution? There's I don't think there is because you're trying to get a team that has been banged up, three power five teams, 
much bigger and faster than you. I um, mean, you know, you're playing against guys that are playing some of the best college football in the country. And you're playing against them all in a really tight time period. There's no solution to that. That's scheduling. That's, yeah, you want the opportunity to play against the best teams in the country, but back to back with a space and then back, it's, that's difficult. And so there's a lot of things that they, that, you know, that I think they, they can do to improve on. I mean, we see the missed tackles, right? And, and I said that that's guys, uh, some of that is we're just not fast enough. Some, I mean, you know, let's be real. Uh, I wasn't the fastest guy, but you know, it, you know, but I, but I won some awards. I mean, let's just be real about it. These guys aren't the biggest. They're not the fastest. They're, they, they, some, they can't keep up with some of the guys. Um, I do think though, however, we have some of the fastest receivers in the conference. I will say that. Um, but you know, that's, it's just how it is it, you, you, to be, to be good at something in here. I tell this story all the time. People ask me, Oh, why don't you golf? It's like, well, because I would want to be good at it and I don't have the time to practice. And that's why I don't play golf. Well, to be good at something, you've got to practice at it. And if you're not practicing it, you're going to, you, you might get good at it eventually, but you're not going to be the best that you can be. And that's where we fall right now. That's in my opinion, that's where this team is falling right now. We'll find out, we'll find out how, how, uh, how much healthier this team has gotten against San Diego state, what guys we get back, what guys have still, still need to get on the mend. But I, I do think that it's just where, you know, you're, you're caught behind the eight ball. You've played some big teams. You've gotten hurt. You can't do some things in practice that you need to do to be able to do it well in the game. And you're stuck. That's where you are. You're behind the eight ball. It's a good point. I mean, th there is no imaginary switch to turn it on and to turn it off. I mean, I, I watch a guy like Kuali Nishigaya, for instance, not the biggest, not the fastest, but that switch is always on. Yeah. Always. I mean, Usain Bolt, he doesn't take two weeks off. You know what I mean? He's he's constantly working on his quick touch and his speed, uh, whatever he can do on the track. Uh, a, a relay team is constantly practicing their handoffs. If you're not constantly practicing tackling, if you're not constantly practicing moving your feet and shuffling and getting your hips over your feet, then then you're not doing the right things that it takes. And so if you're not practicing it, how can you possibly expect to do it the right way on that one day a week? There's six days a week that you can practice it. And if you're not, how do you get it right on that one day you play? Hmm. Man, I think you took the words right out of my mouth, man, especially when you were talking about golf. I mean, you can't expect to shoot three under if you shot 85 the day before. I it's can't shoot happen. three under my dreams. I mean, oh. seriously, I, I can't. I wish I could play golf. I really do. I, I like got good golf shirts. I, you know, it's like. You look the part, John. That's a good. You. I appreciate it. I just MC stuff now. Yeah. The, the best part of the golf is after the round anyway that, that's 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 where john shines yeah uh that is for sure um six wins probably gets you to a bowl game seven obviously gets them into the hawaii bowl what's kind of the realistic expectation for you over the second half of the season they've got seven left all of them in conference uh four of them at home some winnable games on the road perhaps with with nevada and new mexico um some possibly winnable games at home with yeah. with San Jose State, maybe a Colorado State at the end of the year, and obviously the San Diego State team is not quite what they've been. 
uh, coming up this weekend. But uh, what, what's kind of the maybe the the realistic expectation for fans out there over the second half of the season? Um, okay, I'm I'm of the notion that I'm not happy with being accepted into a bowl game if you're six and seven. If you don't have a winning record, I would totally not accept it. That's just me. I understand the financial side of it and what that could do for you. If, but I mean, does one more game at TC Chain Complex help? I don't know. Yeah, probably it does. So that's let's just get that out of the way. Um, San Diego State is a better football team than their record shows. And we have always played them to very tough games. I mean, last year is a good example of that. Uh, but if I, if I go through it, it did, and then this is all dependent on what team shows up Saturday for Hawaii because there have been some good teams uh, and not so good teams. First half against New Mexico State, not so good. Second half against New Mexico State, pretty darn good. Whole game against UNLV, uh, glimpses of bright spots. So it all depends if Hawaii has found a way to put all four quarters together and really every play together. Three's, three and outs aren't going to do it. Getting behind in a game the way they have against UNLV and New Mexico State, that is definitely not going to do it from the stretch from this stretch out. No turnovers aren't going to do it either. Turnovers aren't going to do it, and Hawaii is not very good at, at taking the ball away. Let's face it. They're not very, very good at taking the ball away, and we've given it up a little too much. San Diego State, winnable game if we play good. If we make those mistakes that you just referred to, we're in trouble. New Mexico, on the road, always iffy, but they're a very beatable team. You come back home. I like our chances at home against San Jose State and homecoming, but you can never count out Chevin Cordero. They've got a pretty good offense. They've played a tough schedule also, and they've also shot themselves in the foot a few times throughout their season. So, I'm, I mean, then you go to a Nevada, uh, back again, back on the road, uh, but that is not a strong team. Um, and, and so I'm thinking if you can win the next four, and I know I'm asking a lot, you're sitting kind of pretty because once you, get, once you come home to Air Force, ouch. Then once you go away to Wyoming, ouch. It could very easily come down to a Thanksgiving weekend game at home against Colorado State. It could very easily come down to that. But we'll know more here in the next stretch of four games because the next stretch are your most winnable games out of the last seven. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree there. Um, they, they, they've, they've got some, and they, they'll need to, right? And obviously a win this weekend would go a long way uh, to kind of yep. getting we'll, things we'll back. Find a lot, we'll find out a lot about our football team against San Diego State this week. If we yeah. cannot beat San Diego State, the outlook is is pretty grim. I'm just saying. I, I mean, uh, you, of course, you got to play the game. You don't play it on paper. You got to play the game on the field. But we got to beat San Diego State. I mean, every week is important, but you got to beat San Diego State for a momentum, for for your mental health, for the fans. Because I think it's going to be pretty skimmy, uh, skimpy at the at TC Ching this this week. Yeah, I I, I think this is a, a a huge pivotal game. Kind of felt like that. New Mexico State game where they wrapped up non-conference. It felt like a gotta have it kind of game. Um, this yeah. this feels even more like it, right? I think coming yeah. off of the bye, San Diego State two and four at uh, home in the conference. You know that's the yeah. most. Those are the most important wins at home and in the conference. Yeah, winnable game, right? San Diego State favored by six. Uh, totals fifty three and a half. As six have lost four in a row. Um, yeah. albeit to two Pac twelve teams, two pretty good ones as well in UCLA and Oregon State. Uh, yep. Tight one against Boise, but Boise's not quite right they were, and then they got boat raced by Air Force last week, uh, 49 to 10 or whatever it was. They don't score a lot of points. Right? They no. average less than 20 a game. Even in their wins, they don't score a ton. They give up just about 30. 
Uh, they run it for 143. They throw it for 182. Like Jalen Maiden's their guy at quarterback. I don't know how much you sort of dove into the prep here, John. But what what uh, what is it about the Aztecs that kind of make this um, uh, a winnable game in your opinion? Well, you know, here's the thing. It's it, I, I much like I think the coaches kind of worry about us. I'm not so much worried about what they're doing. If we're doing our stuff right, we should win mm. this game. And here's how you do it right. You keep the other team off the field, the other offense off the field. you got to extend drives. you got to move the chains. You can't have three and outs, and you can't get behind. That is a big key because you can't let your defense, who has been banged up and has had problems with substitution, getting guys on the field and making tackles. I mean, the fresher their legs, the more that we they can do the some of the things that I was talking about, which is moving your feet, shuffling your hips, and getting to the spot to make the stop as opposed to diving and just arm tackling guys. So fresh legs on defense and, and extending drives on offense is the key to every game from here on out and not getting behind. You've got to make the most of all your opportunities. I mean, Hawaii uh, recovered an onside kick and then they couldn't even score. They went three and out after that. Disappointing to say the least. And I'm sure that the coaching staff was very frustrated. And to a certain degree, I'm pretty sure they're frustrated still to this point because i think there are some games in there that they could they definitely could have done better but this is the most important stretch and again at home in conference is such a big telltale this team has to do well regardless the fans regardless of how many people show up or your leg room or a bench seat or no drinking or no plate lunches that you like i mean you got to filter all that stuff out and just play football and I don't doubt that this coaching staff will get them ready. Just ask Chris Brown. He's, you know, he's banging his head against lockers. Um, and Timmy Chang, I know he he wants to be the coach that everybody needs. He also wants to be the players' coach that all the players need. Right. And and there's a there's a fine line between being the coach uh, that that everyone needs and and winning football games, right? Because when it comes down to it, it's W's, W's and L's, and. I hate to say it, but it's like, you, you know, I, I'm rooting for Timmy. I want this coaching staff to do so well. I'm, I'm rooting for the players because the, the and I hate to put all this on them, but the, the program depends on it. Sports at the University of Hawaii depends on it. They're, uh, you know, I don't know when we're going to get a stadium, but, but when it comes down to it, you got to win football games, regardless of the hand you're dealt. And so they're, they're like I said, I'm going to use the analogy again. They're stuck behind the eight ball. I just want to see them do well. John, I've got kind of a um, a different question for you to kind of look back to your time as a player. Mm-hmm. My question's about belief. How do you get a group that looks across the locker room and maybe doesn't believe that they have what it takes? How do you shift that or transform that 180 degrees to taking ownership and saying, you know what? we're going to go out there and we're going to do this. Well, what, what does it take with a group, uh, you know, a team of all the teams you've been on to get the guys bought in? Here's the thing, you know, with social media and every, all this stuff that's mental health and all this stuff that's available to you now. Um, it, it's, it's so weird how people and the game has changed because back when I played, there was no question. If you didn't think you were good enough, go home. That's what my dad told me when I was a soft, uh, freshman in high school. I had a really bad high school game. It was against St. Louis. I had fumbled. Um, I, w- I was being stopped. He told me at halftime, pack up your- and and get out. Let's go home. 
just go turn in your stuff and you know that kind of changed obviously <laughs> corporal punishment all that good stuff uh yeah. my whole second half was completely different if you're if these players are thinking they're not good enough or or they're having any kind of doubt there's a big problem because you play football you play sports thinking that there's a there's a possibility you'd win and how do you do that by working hard if you're working hard you know it, it you do the things that you're supposed to do in this particular case it's not a hundred meter dash you're not it's not just you you rely on the other 10 guys you got to make sure that they're doing the right thing too and while that's not the most popular thing uh for young adults nowadays uh being coached up by your peer it, you know Kuali Nishugai did a pretty good job of getting receivers ready uh when he wasn't starting and teaching them the run and shoot and the concepts and defensive reads and stuff and you know I, I think if you're a team player and you're doing what you're supposed to do there should be no doubt that doesn't matter who you're playing, the Alabamas, the Oregons, the San Diego States, you go out there to win. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what, you know, you just got to go out there thinking every week that you can win. I do. You know, people say, do we, we got a chance this week? I'm like, we always got a chance. We always have a chance. That's why they play the game. Right. And, and I think that we have a chance to win out. I don't care what Air Force is doing. I don't care what Wyoming did against Fresno State you know, last week. I, I want to play those games. As a former player, I want to play those. I want to play those games. Those are the games I want to play. The San Diego States, don't take them lightly. Just go out there and, and do your best. The rest should take care of itself. Honestly, go out and kick some ass. That's what I'm got me ready to run through a brick wall right now, man. I, I mean, love it. Me too, except that I have too much pain to even think about getting up fast out of this chair. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make sure the wall is a little uh, a little more forgiving. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys, man. You you're you're only guaranteed so many of these, right? You're only guaranteed so many games, so many opportunities. Like, you know, you, got... you, never, you never know. Too, it's like you, you can't go out thinking, "Oh my gosh, I might blow out my knee." You don't do that, right? But I mean, there's not there's a chance that somebody will go out on the field and play one down and never play football again. But wouldn't you want that one down to be the best ever you could ever possibly? I had the best down. It was the last down, but it was the best down I could ever put on the field. That's the way I think. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, as a player, you guys, you guys know this. As a player, you don't go out there thinking, oh, shoot, I could get hurt. You don't mm -hmm. do that. You th I'm thinking, I want the ball thrown to me. Uh, you know, I want to make, I want to make the touchdown. I want to be able to put our team ahead, you know, or I want to get that first down. I don't care if I get hit. I, you don't, you don't think about that stuff. You definitely don't think about how big the guy is across you. You just know you got to block him. It, this is war. I mean, th this is, it's war on the field and you need to be able to beat the guy across from you. That's as simple as it gets. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, let, we'll get you out of here on this, John. This has been a lot of fun um you guys have been on some uh some fun road trips so far this year you, you've been nashville vegas yeah. and uh you know eugene oregon called a game in Austin, one of the one of the best atmospheres in, in all the college football so uh, what's been your favorite so far um you, well, unlv i gotta say unlv was nice because we had hunter on the sideline we took a full crew up there so it was actually yeah. nice. his inside on the sideline it really did help because you're about a mile away from the field from our booth yeah. Um, Nashville was good because I haven't been there in 17 years. It's where my mom's buried. So I got to visit her. Oh, grave. Awesome. 
never called a game there, never called a game in, at Oregon, although I did play on that field uh, mm-hmm. and came away with a win. Uh, UNLV is always cool because you're in Allegiant Stadium and I got to show my family around a little bit. And then, of course, we had Hunter there. Um, I'm I'm always looking forward to places that I've played. I've, we've been, I've broadcasted from New Mexico, played there. So that's cool. Uh, Nevada, pretty cool place to go. Um, real close to the airport, makes it easy. Wyoming's going to be cold. And I know my brother, Mark, is, uh, while he likes the cold, he doesn't have to play in it. So he's kind of looking forward to November in Laramie, Wyoming. <laughs> he's like the only person on the planet. Uh, but I can't really pick it all. It's all good. You know, I'm with my brother. Uh, we're calling football games. He has helped me tremendously in my, you know, this is my second year calling uh, play-by-play. And Jordan, you know, you, you've done play-by-play long enough to know that, um, you know, it, it takes a while to get to, to get into a groove to kind of find your own little, like rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I think him and I are kind of hitting that rhythm now as far as being in the broadcast booth. So I'm looking forward to being able to continue this. And, you know, when, when I was with Bobby, Bobby would always look at me. He's like, well, the broadcast won. So I'm looking forward to winning on the broadcast and at least delivering the best information I can. And hopefully it's with a win. Yeah. That makes it even sweeter, right? Hey, keep up the good work, man. Uh, been enjoying the broadcasts uh, with, with you two and Mark. Uh, and yeah, it was cool to, to have Hunter up there uh, in Vegas. Uh, you the man, John. We appreciate your time as always. We know you're busy. We know you're busy getting ready for all kinds of stuff. You got uh, Timmy Chang show tonight, right? Yep. Timmy so, Chang so you're, tonight. You're, you're always booked. Saturday, Living 808 tomorrow. We're also filming. Uh, this is a cool one. We're filming another episode of Sam Choice in the Kitchen on Friday with Sam Spangler. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Should be all fun. right. I am very curious to see what's next. In you, next. Next is your house, Jordan. Oh boy. Uh, I need to do some cleaning if that's the case. <laughs> Make sure there's food in the fridge. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's a given. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me. You the man, John. Thanks, buddy. John, much love. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, big thanks to John. Uh, always good talking story with him. Uh, some great memories and uh, obviously doing big things now and got the call this uh, coming Saturday with Hunter as you can catch all the action right here on ESPN Honolulu radio and uh, Mark Venary as well on the call with those guys. All right. Uh, quick little two minute drill to wrap things up, Hunter. Uh, my quick notice app, uh, if you're, you know, you're going to be watching the game on television, University of Hawaii kicks off about five should be done about eight o'clock or so make sure you flip it on over to uh some of the high school broadcasts actually spectrum is going to be on maui this weekend for a pair of games and that includes saturday kickoff a little after 7 30 so it should time up kind of nicely you can flip over after the uh game line luna and kamehameha maui um line luna obviously story well known right there two games into their season after returning since the devastating wildfires they will be playing kamehameha maui uh, the last two unbeaten teams here on the Valley Al, Kamehameha Maui 5-0, Lahaina Luna 2-0. Um, really good teams, really good programs. Again, that game's going to be on Spectrum OC 16. And uh, for University of Hawaii fans of note and particular interest, uh, recent UH commit, uh, Kamehameha Maui, wide receiver slash tight end, committed and listed kind of as a tight end. Dude's a pass catcher, big dude, 6'4", 6'5", every bit of that as well. Uh, he's a big kid, uh, goes about 215, 220. Uh, star pass catcher for Kamehameha Maui. So you, if you're a University of Hawaii fan, you definitely want to tune in 
uh, future Rainbow Warrior on the field there. Um, and a guy who, you know, down the line could be a contributor for the Bows. Uh, maybe a red shirt candidate. Uh, still a little bit raw, but man, the athleticism is going to jump out. Yeah, I can guarantee you that when you see him on the field. So just wanted to put that on everybody's radar for this coming weekend. Is uh, is he committed anywhere yet, Jordan? Yeah, Hawaii. He he committed to UH uh, just the other week. Um, gave you. his verbal, I, if you will. Class of 2024. He's a senior this year. Love it. Love to hear that. And uh, if uh, there's anything that I would encourage the young man is work on your speed because we need tight ends that can run for the run and shoot. Yeah, he he's he he would be kind of that guy, right? He'd be that. He's basically a big slot receiver. They play him all yeah. over the place there, right? I mean, it's high, it's high school football. He, he's liable to line up anywhere, defense, kick, return, um, put him put him wherever, right? Uh, but he, he's a he's a he's a big slot receiver. I think is his exactly. his um his future, which is that's that's what tight ends are now, like just just big targets in the middle of the field, uh, and and he's that guy. So uh, I I think uh, he's number two for Kamehameha Maui, uh, and uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of folks tuning in. Uh, with an opportunity to to check him out. Uh, and the guy, obviously, same program, right, is Carson Pupunu, uh, who's there now for the University of Hawaii. Uh, any final thoughts, Hunter, before we uh, wrap up episode 111? Other than the fact that our Bears got our first win of the season, um, I uh, am going to... It's hurting our Caleb Williams chances, man. I don't know if I like it. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to stop Sorry, Justin talk Fields. right here because that's all that I have to say. And I think that's all we're going to have to say for the whole year. So, uh, yeah, those are my final words for the day. Hey, another toilet bowl this weekend, baby. The Bears and the Vikings. Sorry, Scott Rubs. Yeah. Uh, but two not very good teams right now. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll leave you with that. Hopefully things are looking up for the Bows uh, a little bit better than the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, when it comes down to it. All right, that'll do it for us. Big thanks to Andrew Choi and John Veneri for joining us here on this episode. Big thanks to Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA, Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill. Shout out to my guy Hunter and Jaron for uh, keeping us on the tracks here. We'll see you next week, everybody, right here on Hawaii Football Now. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Helley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.